Hi everyone and welcome to episode 19 of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the Netflix film Klaus with my friend Mark. We get into some great conversations about the beauty and the power of innocence, um, self-kindness and self-motivation as part of the healing process, and our need for each other along the way. It's a good time. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Mark Hancher. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. Today I have with me my friend Mark Hancher, and we're going to be talking about Klaus, which is a different one. I feel like it's a sleeper movie, so if you haven't heard of it, I don't blame you, but it is on Netflix and it's real good. So before you listen to the rest of this, if you have not seen this, you should go see it or you will definitely have a lot of spoilers. I don't always say that, but it's one of those that I feel like not as many people have heard of, so I just wanted to warn everyone off the top. Spoilers will be here. With that said, I'll let my friend Mark introduce himself. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and and then maybe how we know each other. Yes. Well, first off, hello, Lindsay. Uh, thank you for uh, having me do this. I'm, I'm super excited to do this. Um, so I am, uh, I'm Mark Hancher. I'm a pastor. Uh, I have moved very, very far away from where I originally met you and knew all of you. And uh, I'm up in Washington State currently. Um, and I, uh, I, I realized that uh, after listening to a couple episodes of the podcast, the way that I wanted to uh, introduce myself to kind of be consistent with how you've spoken a lot. There's a, you've had several folks who have been passionate about the Enneagram. This is true. I have a lot of uh, folks. Uh, yeah, a lot of folks in my life who are also passionate about the Enneagram. Uh, and I've discovered that my favorite thing about the Enneagram is telling people that are super passionate about it that I don't remember my number and then watching them assign me a number based off of how they know me. Oh, I know uh, what you are. And because I, 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 yeah, see, see, and this is because I don't remember my number. I really don't. Uh, I learned about it probably about eight or nine years ago, uh, and I just don't remember my number. So, so then I guess you, you've already alluded, you know, what number I, am I? You, I believe, are a six, and I don't know many sixes. Um, which is often called the loyalist. And yes, obviously, Um, for anyone who knows you, this is very much true. Also, I was like, I am fully confident I'm going to get onto this recording studio and that Mark is going to already be there because I love my ones and sixes (laughs) and my threes who are like on time people. But definitely the like steady Eddie of friends is how I would classify you. And that is definitely much a type six trait for sure in the best way. Well, so when did we, I guess we should probably get into this a little bit. So we met in college mm-hmm. and quickly became, I, th- I think we really grew close through our time in choir yeah. and some, some of our other friends. I feel like it was circle of sophomore year spring, yeah. but no, it was, I definitely think it was spring of sophomore year. And I feel like because Matt was gone, I was like, I'm just going to fill my time with like people all the time. And so I was like, yeah. I'm very much an introvert, but I was like social butterfly that semester. Cause I was like, Oh, people want to go do this. Sure. I don't know those people, but let's go. <laughs> like So, um, and then I think, was it the same semester? Or was, it was, um, because you were a philosophy major and I was taking intro to philosophy and, I just could not. Um, He was all, I mean, listen, like 32 year old Lindsay would probably love that class. 
19, 20 year old Lindsay was like yeah. not there yet. And she was like, God, can we just, you just tell me what I need to know on the test, man. And so I had no idea what this man was on about. And, but I still needed an A. I think I paid yeah. you off with pretzel M&Ms and, uh, you did, yes, the- pretzel M and M's, uh, and I tutored you. You did, yeah. and I think I got an A minus, so we did it. And and I remember one. I think one of my favorite memories with you, and so I don't know if you remember this. It was. It might have been the same semester Matt was gone. It's very possible. Um, we just. It was a bad day. Everyone was having a bad day for some reason, whatever. And we were walking from the chapel to the cafeteria, and I just said, "You know what? There's only one way we can solve this. We have to skip." And you and I literally interlinked arms and we skipped from the chapel rem- to the cafeteria. I think I remember this. I think I remember this. That is a thing I would have done. Yeah. I, I'm remembering that a little yep. bit. Yeah. And, no. Those days and we, were we just said that was the only way that was the only way we could have a good day. It I believe it worked. Yeah. I remember those days like when you're just college is a little bit of a pressure cooker especially on a residential campus. And so it's just some days are just like way too much. And it feels like everyone on campus is having the same collective bad day. And so it's like, all right, who's going to pull us out of this? Because we're all down here. We had to find our own weird ways to do it. And just, but long time now, that's God, how many years? And that's since graduation, if I think about that. Wait, no. Yeah. So wait, would have been 10? Gosh, is that almost 14 years? Shut up. That's like a whole person. Yeah. That's like a whole person. <laughs> That's, I can't with that. I don't know. That person can almost drive. Uh, That's right? not right. That's not right. I don't know about that. Okay. All right. Moving on because now I feel old. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Klaus. Okay. I know that I'm the one that chose this topic, but you said yes. So I'm assuming you had seen the movie before. Yes. Okay. You're nodding. Oh, no, you actually. Hadn't. No, no I, I this you know um and when uh when you had first mentioned it uh coming on the podcast i was like i would love to do that and then you told me the movie and i was just like Lindsay mcpherson you are going to make me of all people watch a christmas movie of my own volition and i'm like all right okay wow that's uh, a lot more i i assumed because most of the time if i ask people about a movie and they haven't seen it or they don't like it they're like uh can we pivot and you were just like Okay, no, I will do I'm, the homework. I'm jumped in feet first. Yeah, let's do it. It was it was a, a blast. I loved I loved it. It was it was really really fun to uh, to sit down and and watch a movie for more than just you know the sake of watching a movie, but actually kind of breaking it down mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah, there were I have uh, I took a page and a half worth of notes. Uh, you know, back to that number six or whatever enneagram thing, uh, and there were multiple times that I literally just have in all capital letters uh i'm currently feeling feelings uh why is Lindsay putting me through this <laughs> this is so Lindsay's fault were... and there are tear smudges yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah there was oh uh gosh. there was a lot of that oh so gosh. thank you it's... uh and also curse you also but... curse you yes it's such a good one but yeah. it's such a like like no one talks about it no one talked about it yeah. It's so random. So like, don't feel bad for people, you know, who are probably going to be like, what is she talking about on this episode? Yeah. I normally will ask what made this movie meaningful, special or interesting to you as a topic to be chosen, but you didn't choose it and apparently hadn't seen it. Now having seen it, would you consider it something meaningful, interesting or special? And if so, like, why? 
Yeah, it was it was a movie that so going in with absolutely no expectation, um, not knowing what I was getting into, uh, knowing it was a Christmas film, uh, and and I knew I knew the basic plot, you know, and that was about it. Uh, so as I got into it, I really enjoyed a couple of things, and I, I actually did some more homework on it, um, realizing the director who had uh, who who led this. This was his first time directing a movie, uh, but he has a background in Disney. Uh, so he oh. had worked with The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He had worked on Tarzan um, and, and a couple other films in there. And so their whole purpose was trying to uh, capture the nostalgia of the old animated films, mm -hmm. uh, but using some of the newer technology. Mm -hmm. So I was immediately struck by um, just even the the artistry yes. of it. And it just looks... that, that, that got me right away. Yeah, it looks like a kid's and book. It was, and I, yeah, I love it does. that. I love and, that. And it, it turned into, you know, obviously that, that kind of hooked me. But then it turned into a, a narrative that, um, you know, I, I'll admit really kind of broke down some, you know, uh, you know, bah humbug moments within me. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I tell people I'm the Charlie Brown when it comes to Christmas, you know, it's, it's everything is too commercial, you know, from the famous, the famous line. Uh, and this really, I mean, it got to me, um, you know, it, it's kind of an origin story of Santa Claus mm -hmm. uh, and, and it breaks beyond the normal kind of origin story. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really fun um, and very touching in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I really like it. One, cause like you said, it's a very different looking film. They did such a good job with the, the, the texture and the shadowing and the three dimension and the feeling of place and like all of that. Literally, I feel like I'm in an illustration of a kid's book brought to life and it's just so pretty in but also odd these aren't smooth symmetrical disney characters they're goofy shapes they're right. a little weird they've got yeah. big noses and two tiny feet and let's just it's fun and interesting in that way and yeah it's very but it is very touching i like the i like that it's attached very loosely to the common commercial of of santa claus but so very loosely yes. it's they don't even really mention that they just you're meant to connect it yourself but the thing i like about it is that we all get all these origin stories and yeah it's oh and this happened and they did this because of this but this felt very much like all of these legend things were born out of one guy did this thing one time because he was scared of dogs, so he put them in the stockings because he didn't want to get out oh. of the chimney. And so now everything is about the stockings. And like just all these like little random, like for silly or dumb reasons, like things happened. And now it's like canon. So <laughs> it's just like yeah. I love and, the randomness. And they're, they're sprinkled. Yeah, they're sprinkled throughout the way that is is just it's these quick little hits. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you mentioned the stockings, the the one that made me laugh. There's uh there's an attack that happens between uh, a couple families they try to ambush uh klaus and then the the main character jesper and so they knock the wheels off of their you know carriage so it turns it into a sleigh and then they hit a ramp yep. at mock speed yes. and so yes. they and the reindeer go flying through the air and it one kid one sees kid. it and it's yeah. just like you wouldn't believe what i saw last <laughs> right. night like yeah. it's no, so good i love that so much that this network of kids are building this legend it starts with one kid his drawing gets taken by the postman not even mailed taken by the postman yeah and and then he gets a toy 
And so then he says, okay, I think what happens is if we mail things, we get toys. And so then all the kids are like, this is the system. We're going to play the system here. And so they're lining up the next day. And it's just, it's amazing, this perpetuation that just happens from these kids. But like, we start off a little bit, I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but it's such a cute story. Like, it's hard not to get into the cute part. But we start off and it feels very, I think the vibe felt very um uh emperor's new groove to me like his character at the beginning is very Cusco, very like i i struggled to like he felt familiar but not in that's the only character i can think of that's anything like that he's just so rich he's so spoiled and he's like foofy and fancy and very pampered and very self-focused and he just i also thought it was like interesting and hilarious that that's elite family job that he's born into is the postal service and Uh, the like military like precision like these are like navy seals doing this postal work like it was hilarious they're like doing presses with these like large boxes and like all this crazy stuff and then his dad is like the guy so he's the postmaster general and his son is just a rich baby slacker he's a little nepo baby and like he just can't do anything and won't even try and so dad's like all right we gotta we gotta have a call him on the carpet moment and i'm gonna ship him off to essentially the equivalent of siberia um and make him be the postman there and even the commanding officer was like don't you think that's a bit much and his dad was like I got to do something, man. And so he takes off and we start and he's like in this awful carriage. He's whining the whole way, like literally out loud to himself the whole way. So we know what kind of guy this is. And he gets there, he gets the edge and he's got to, it's on an island. So he's got to get there on a boat and he meets this grumpy boat guy who is like really enjoying the idea of this pampered kid having to go there and be the postman because he's seen all the postmen come and go. He knows the situation. So he gets out to the island and the boat guys, first of all, this kid is so spoiled. He thinks there's going to be like a welcome party for him, which is hilarious to think. I've never assumed anyone was ever going to throw me a welcome party, but this guy thinks he deserves one. And the boat guy leans into it and says, oh, well, if you just ring that bell there, they'll come out and start the party. And this guy's like, well, okay. And so he goes and rings the bell. They have a fighting bell in this town. And he just rang the fight bell. They have a fight bell. It's hilarious and weird. And everyone comes out literally like for war on either side of the road to just tear each other to shreds. And he is in the middle of it. It's so good. And the boat guy is like, yup, yup. (laughs) Like, and so it's just basically that's our introduction to this town is it's like angry, nasty, hot mess, two sides of a feud, Hatfield McCoy situation. And like, it's just bleak. Like the guy says something like, yeah, you ought to be here in the spring. The grays really pop. Like it's just dismal. And it's like, you can tell by the vibe they're saying even the sun is not really here. And so he's trying to figure out like what is going on. He just got here and he, you know, he's the kind of guy that thinks he should get a welcome party. So he really doesn't understand where he is or what's going on. Um, finds a teacher who is not a teacher. She's uh, like a fishmonger because no one sends their kids to school here. Um, and so she's like, listen, I'm just trying to save up to get out of this town. I made a mistake and I just can't afford to leave. 
leave me alone. You're annoying. And so he gets finally to where he's going to live. And it's literally looks like pieces of wood, very loosely connected with a few nails. And he sleeps there and it's okay. Things are bleak. I have to mail. And the deal with his dad was he had to mail so many letters. It was like 6,000 or something before he could come home. So there was like a term limit or like a goal here that he had to have a KPI for lack of a better term to, uh, Say that he did the work and um, he uh, so he's doing that and he's like, all right, okay, so I got to get started because if if I'm going to get out of here and things quickly go, in my opinion, from like I just was struck with like we started off very bleak, but then the first day it goes to straight up hopeless. It's bleak and like this is going to be tough and hard, but then we go to I may die here because this cannot be done. There is no way to do this. People don't mail letters here. They just don't. There's no one mailing letters at all. They don't like each other. They don't like you. Leave them alone. Go away. And that's just this town. And that's his realization in the first day. And I was just like, I don't even know what I would be thinking, let alone this guy who's never had to try at anything, realize that even if he did try, he can't do it. So... That's like my quick get us into where this guy is in the for the bulk of the story. But yeah, he's got to mail 6,000 letters in a town that doesn't do letters at all. So yeah, the, the line that they say is uh, we don't send mail here because the other people know exactly how we feel about them. Like and, it, and it's just a uh, it's just such a quick, quick little moment of like, oh, this guy's in for it. He has no idea how difficult this is about to be. Uh, so yeah, he, he has to go six 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 thousand letters in in that year by by Christmas, um, and it's it's just a it's a tough thing for him. I was I was really struck by you brought up the the ship captain or or the ferry captain, whatever you want to call him. Uh, when he first meets him, the first thing that he says, you know, he tries to give him directions, and Jesper, the main character, just says, "I'm not lost," and the ship captain just goes, "Trust me, you are," and I just was like, "Oof." Like, oh man, the th- like what that means and what he's stepping into, like he just, he has no idea what's ahead of him and he's absolutely lost and he has no clue that he is. He's lost in a lot of ways yeah. in reality. Yeah. That, that guy is just, it's when we're starting it, he's our protagonist, but you're not really rooting for him because no. he's gross and it's obviously something's got to happen to this guy or this movie is a waste of my time <laughs> because he's just pretty awful. Yeah, I think, yeah, he kind of gets into it and he's just wandering around trying to find any evidence of mail and a kid loses their drawing and he, like, being the jerk he is, tries to sell the kid's drawing back to him, basically. (laughs) He's like, well, if you want it back, give me a penny and I'll mail it back to you. But, like, I'm the postmaster and I have it now. So, I mean, and this is, like, the tiniest little cutest kid. And he just like, and and then the parent comes up. He's like, what's going on here? He's, well, this nice man said he'll, and I'm like, oh no, honey. Oh no. Oh no. And that guy's going to. How quickly. He's going to get it. How, how quickly he just turns. Or, yeah. He just turns around and he's just like, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? That kid's lying. Like, nope, oh not me. Gosh. And you know, then gets chased up the street by the dog. Yeah. That's there's, there's traps and dogs and pitchforks and all kinds of stuff just everywhere all over this town. Booby traps. It's. It is uh, laden with weaponry. Um, But uh, so he's like, I don't know what to do. 
and he's looking at the map back in the I, I think it's in his it's either in the schoolhouse or in his I think it maybe is in the schoolhouse. It's in the office. It's in, it's in the post, post office. office. Okay. He's looking at the yeah. map and it was like curling and then he smooths it out and he sees that there's like something on the map in the far corner and he's I gotta check everywhere if I'm gonna get anywhere because clearly this area does not happen. So he goes out to what is it, the woodsman's cabin? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. I'm always terrible with names, which is really funny. But the woodsman's cabin. So he heads up there and basically stumbles into this like really giant, scary old man and his like barn full of toys. Um, So he thinks this guy's going to axe him into pieces because the guy's pretty big and intimidating, like almost house big. Like, um, yeah, he's (laughs) he's so big. Um, and he's very quiet and stoic and he lives out by himself. So that's a little bit. And he was going out there, obviously, to see does this person have or need mail? And this guy just doesn't want to be bothered. And yeah, it's he freaks out. And I'm trying to remember how we transition to what turns into the drop off that night. So there's a so I, I uh, full disclosure I, I just watched this uh, again last night so just so so I was fresh going into it so he panics Jet Jesper the the mailman panics runs away uh, obviously drops all of his his bag everything just because he's got to get away from this you know axe murderer and uh, and a an envelope falls out of his bag and it's in the envelope is the picture from the kid. Oh yeah, and the then this mystical wind and snow starts to kick up. We'll learn later that that is actually kind of a character in and of itself, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Uh, but it it blows the letter up and around in front of this this axe murderer, this man, uh, and he bends down and he picks it up, finds the he he looks at it. And as Jesper is running away, somehow this guy gets in front of him and stops him and says, you know, where is this? Yeah, because uh, the kid he says, oh, I know exactly where it is. Dio. Because the kid is crying in the picture. The kid. Yeah. The kid is. Like, yeah. He's sad. sad in the picture. Yeah. I just want to be left alone. But he just could not abide that this little kid was sad. Yeah. So he's, I can help a little. So I'm going to boss this guy around and and go give him one of my toys and he 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 says leaving it in the mailbox or at the door is not enough you have to get it inside the house and he basically forces this guy doesn't he launch him into the chimney isn't that eventually where we land yeah he he uh, steps on like a like a floorboard type thing on at the gate and it flings him into the air and he goes flying through the chimney that's yeah that's some physics there but uh (laughs) yeah so that's how that little bit of legend starts and then what we were getting into a little bit earlier is my my favorite part is like kids pay attention to everything and they also think everything is about them um so but in the best way in this movie because this kid again it's one kid okay here's what happened and here's we don't see this whole conversation we just see that the kids are coming up to mail letters and they're saying that so and so told us but basically what he's what they say happened is he's given them the skinny on what happened and they've all together put their heads together and decided this means if we mail yep. letters we get toys and so they are like spending their pennies on letters to get toys and Jesper's obviously going to feed this because uh letters at all are steps towards me getting out of here so 
um you know he kind of just like lets that happen and then he's like well crap how am i gonna like actually come through on this so that it doesn't just like fizzle out and go away um and so he kind of manipulates the guy obviously um you know which the guy could clearly be emotionally manipulated by children because he was by a rogue drawing the night before just the idea that there are more sad kids out there and he starts calling it on his terms like but it's got to be in the middle of the night because i still don't want to be with people and so they have their second drop and then it's kind of building my favorite thing is there's like you said there's all those little random things that kind of come together he puts them in your stocking that was just because he was afraid of dogs that night and like all these things and then there's one kid where kid that was like a real jerk to him when he first got there and he's, uh, he's I'm gonna, threw, a, threw a snowball yeah out. he's like i'm not giving you a toy you little jerk and so he puts some coal in his stocking and then the kid's complaining about it and that is how the whole we need to be good thing starts because before it was literally letters equal toys and now we've got another layer yep. of we need to be good because he knows and he's got this whole like he see he suddenly klaus becomes psychic and can see everything and knows everything <laughs> like he's all knowing now just because that yeah. kid was a jerk to Jesper and he was like I have to make it about his behavior because that's what this was and so then all the other kids of course hear this and add that to their narrative so they start being good and instead of stealing berries they're picking them for her and so then there's this spiteful do-gooder back and forth which is like probably my favorite scene it's like we picked them for her and she's like angry about this nice thing and so she makes some jam and angry takes it over and then that jam turns into an angry pie that gets taken over and it's just hilarious because they're like walking away there's like making a little snooty sound and it's just so funny but basically these kids you know start to do kind things um because you know that's just i feel like too what to me in this whole movie is the fact that this like really angry really bitter really torn apart town um gets healed by kids um by and and like i i mean it's another thing that i've like thought about a lot in the last year or so too um because therapy um but uh you and i were (laughs) raised very much that um we are born bad and evil um and i just i you know i i just don't see it um because what i see is kids you know i think there's there's the light and the goodness of creation in them and you know it gets twisted by things but uh you know, I think kids left to themselves were already good. And we see that in this movie where these kids, it's not hard for them. No one has to tell them what nice means. They know what it means. They just go do yeah. it. And they, it's a real easy pivot for them. They're like, obviously it's motivated, but it's pretty natural. And it just starts mushrooming out into this town. And of course, the people that are like the perpetuators of the feud, obviously, if we think about it, really probably because it gives them power because it gives them purpose to keep this fight the way it is because i i'm the protector and the keeper of our family so if we don't have a feud i don't know what my role is and they're very defensive of keeping things as they are which yeah no there's always that and so um they don't like that the kids are being sweet which is hilarious and so they're trying to stop that which gets a little more hilarious when you think about the way they go about trying to stop it they pause the feud to preserve the feud, which is yes. They 
it's it's my favorite thing of like they they shake hands and they're and i mean you can tell they're just like they're still in that moment just detesting having to work together uh and it's just these these families that can't get along and and literally in the movie they they say it's tradition this is how we've always done it like and it they there's the the writers i i give them credit for this because most movies like this they're, they always try to to elude like, oh, hey, this is the way it's always been done. There's obviously a better reason, but nobody. No, like the writers are like, we're not we're not dancing around the subject. These people literally hate each other just because they've been taught their entire life hate each other. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're rolling with that. And that's the story. And that's what them to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just, yeah, for them to set aside their differences just so they could then fix what they perceived as the problem to go back to hating each other was just mind-blowing to me right like guys what (laughs) like it's uh yeah and i think too matt was like i was re-watching it again just right before we were getting ready for this so i was up here prepping stuff and he's like Lindsay, the first time they try to foil them or whatever i don't even know if that's what he said but like first time they're trying to trip up klaus and them they're not united yet and it doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. It's I think that's too a message here that there's not a lot of purpose or benefit to division or exclusion. It's just you can see the silliness of it in the way they paint it in this film, but it yeah, it just doesn't work. And yeah, that's really they team up and they try to basically stop them from bringing children joy and making them be good. <laughs> yeah. They're they, children. They, the fact Their that own they, children. Hilarious. Yeah. They blame the kids. Blame the kids for, oh, for doing do. things, for, for transforming the town. Like it's the kids' fault, which again, it sounds so ludicrous to you and me, but it's it it's does, that mentality of us doesn't. versus them. Yeah, right. And, and it's, you know, for them, they think, okay, if we can solve... We can fix the thing that's causing the kids to act this way, mm-hmm. you know, which by and large, most societies would be like, hey, these kids are great now. Uh, you know, if, if we can fix that problem, then everything else is going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just it's just, oh, yeah, I put put my head in my hands a couple of times and I'm just like, what is going on? Like, this is this is just so it's it's such a statement about who people can be and also the recognition of just the innocence of a child Mm -hmm. and the power that they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it really does speak to that innate goodness that I think, and I think too, for me, it's like, it almost just feels logical that kids would be that way. Like if creation is life and light and goodness and they are fresh creation, why wouldn't they be um, before we mess them up? But so I think they are just, they've not had those ideas and those rules all pressed in on them yet or understood all of them yet, or they're fresh enough to say, you might be explaining this to me, but I'm, saying that makes no sense yeah the kids just operate outside of the nonsense and are motivated by toys in it allows them to pursue what is really natural to them which is being kind to each other and it's just yeah this whole town this whole island gets shaken up by kids deciding to be good 
And the parents being like, whoa, you're being different than us now. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. That's not what I did when I was your age. That's not what I think. I don't know about this. And I said that in a very younger generation. I said that in a very specific way. (laughs) Yeah, I was just getting ready to say what who knew a younger generation could teach, you know, an older generation new things, you know, and of course, I say that also fully aware that in 20 years, I'm going to be the old generation yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And, you know, they're going to teach me things. And that's I want that. I hope that happens. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I think it's. Yes, we will be old, but I think the decision to, we are old, we will be old, the decision to have, to be open to new information and to be willing to say that I was wrong or I didn't have all the pieces yet, I think is such a big thing. I think I talked about it even just on the last episode, like with my friend, we were talking about Lilo and Stitch. We were talking about how the whatever her name was on Lilo and Stitch, where she's like the one in charge of everything. And she was very separate from Stitch for most of the movie. And he's this abomination. He's this awful thing. And then at the end of the movie, everyone's very close. And there's a lot more like interaction and understanding. And she's able to accept that new information and adjust accordingly. She's not just like digging her heels in. And I think that's such a huge thing because I say this all the time and I don't know why other people seemingly don't think this thought, but like we would never say, okay, by 1942, we had reached the pinnacle of scientific and medical discovery. We don't think there's anything else to learn. We need to stop. Any new information is a lie and will interfere with the practice of our current scientific advancements, and what we know to be good medicine. We should stop. No more learning. No new information. You would never. That sounds so stupid. So why would we think with anything else, society, religion, anything else, that we had arrived and that there can't be any new information to be added to the schema because we figured it out already? Right. It's... I'm going to cut out a word. <laughs> it's hubris. It is absolute hubris. Yeah. Absolute. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it really is asinine for us to think that one, that we know it all, but two, that that's the, the way that I've tried to approach it and approach life is, you know, the, the phrase that we use that I think kind of gets thrown around as a joke sometimes, but for me is, is pretty much my reality is I'm a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it's, know, whether it's something related to my, my passions or my, my career or, or even, you know, just even something like this, mm-hmm. you know, I, I learned from this movie. It's if there's something yeah. that I can, that I can store in my brain, you know, and be able to use in the future, you better believe I'm going to yes, do it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so it's, you know, hopefully it's something that other people then will, will take that and say, what can I learn from this? How can I, mm-hmm. how can I keep growing? Yes. How can I keep yes. moving forward? Uh, how can I reach that pinnacle, you know, and it, I think we always have to have sight of that pinnacle and, and have it within our view. Uh, but understanding that the number of steps that it takes to get there might change our perspective of that pinnacle over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. I think it's, it's um yeah we're not going to know everything and to be able to to in- continue to incorporate that and that's that's really what this whole 
um, this whole podcast thing that I'm doing is I have always like my brain is is very good at seeing patterns that don't look like patterns to other people and putting them together and saying this is like that. And how can I learn more about this from that? The first day of like specific, like I think it was actually the major, like the major specific meeting at MVNU's orientation for the psych department. She said the words, all truth is, I said, yes. And that was when I was like, I think I'm going to be a psych major. Um, People who have that perspective are my people. Um, So... In my opinion, there's just never if you're really drilling all the way down to the 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 belly, the underlayer, the bedrock of the truth, it's never going to conflict. So if it does, you haven't gotten yeah. there yet. You need to keep drilling or yeah. peeling or wh- whatever we're working with here. We got to keep going deeper. Um yeah. but uh yeah. you know, I just think that there is and I think there's truth to be learned, you know, your lifelong learner like I mean, lifelong, like all day long, like, like it's like every, every little weird, dumb thing. Like, and so like for me being able to see, you know, the extra like big truths that we can learn from kids movies or, you know, Thor or whatever weirdness it is, like it's all there. Like it's there. There's like pieces of it because, you know, we are like, Again, I'm going to say stuff that's going to sound weird because I'm just there now. But like, we're like, we are the light. Like we are from the light. We are the light bearers. It's in us. It's part of all of us because we are from that creator. And so it's going to come out. It's going to be there. It's going to be in the mix, whether we even know it or not. And so like if for it, there's always going to be something to be understood or gleaned or learned from it. And like, that's my thing. I'm like, maybe if I can help other people, maybe some people will learn to see that way. I hope so. Uh, Maybe some people will just learn to see what I saw specifically that time. And that's great too. Um, But like, that's my whole thing is like, I just feel like if we all had this more posture of lifelong learning and looking for the lessons, like if we were all learning more, we'd all be better. And we could be better together, and like that's that's what we're trying to do, right? Like, I, yeah. There were there were there were two things that really stood out to me um, as you know, even as I'm reflecting on what you're saying in there. Um, the the first time that we see so th- this town, you know, this just dreary, terrible looking place, uh, you know, again, very intentional by mm-hmm. the designers, the art style. It's this dull gray, even the non-gray stuff is Grayish. still <laughs> just dreary. Yeah, it's everything has that overtone to it. Uh, and the first time that we see a hint of a non-gray color mm-hmm. palette are the toys mm-hmm. in the workshop. Mm-hmm. And just that and how contagious that becomes then. Of you know the 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 first toy goes out and then another toy and then another toy and throughout the rest of the movie that gray color palette starts to mm-hmm. disappear and it's just that reflection of in that moment they're learning they're understanding that something has to be different and I mean just the purity of joy is coming out of that and we see it in that color palette we mm-hmm. see it in the way that people are interacting with one another we we see I mean there's just such a tonal difference in the community at that time 
Uh, and then there's there's the line that I just absolutely love. Uh, and and it's and they actually they have a couple of different variations of it, but it's just a true selfless act always yeah. sparks another. Yeah. And it's just like that's that's what's mm-hmm. happening here is hopefully the work that one person mm-hmm. can do will light that spark mm-hmm. in another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so good. I, I love what you said about the toys because I was also thinking, okay, the toys is the first one, but you know the other one that we see is the little. Um, I'm going to look up my notes. The little Sami um, girl who he says, what's wrong with her mouth? Uh, oh, she yeah. Is, she is blonde. Yeah. <laughs> she has pink cheeks. She has yes. bright colored clothes. And she is like, she wants to be a part of it. She doesn't know how to communicate anything to these yeah. people. Um, but she is different. Um, and they're kind of on the edge there. But like, she also, I mean, is is a little bit of like, little spot of sunshine in her just like you can see the sweetness on her face you can tell she's different from these kids who look a little bit they look a little bit skinny and a little bit kind of gaunt and just you know neglected and she you can tell she's like yeah she's confused but she's a like a well taken care of kid um and so she's like she's one of my favorite parts of this movie too just her um her warmth and like continue she just kind of continues to reach out to this guy for some reason um which is kind of cute but like um yeah it's just i don't know like she was such a little bright spot along with the toys that and otherwise in the town there really wasn't any yeah the the scene where he takes her to the school to to teach her uh, and then it launches into that really beautiful song. I just all capital letters. Why are you making me feel feelings? Like, I don't know what it was. It was just that moment where like. That song is good. Oh, it's good. And it just, it worked so well. Mm-hmm. But like, it was just that moment of like, this is something special. This mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. It's like, it's because it, you can tell at a certain point. So she takes him over there. And the teacher is trying to be as ice cold as this man. She does not have that yeah. ice in her veins. And he even manipulates her a little bit with the whole, didn't you want to be a teacher because you wanted to inspire? And she's, ah. and so she begrudgingly teaches one girl to write her name and her just sense of wonder and pride at seeing her own name was just like, ugh. And the teacher is clearly woken up by this room full of kids just she's sad for them you can tell and she's like and i can help so that kind of ends her pursuit of saving up to leave because she's clearly invested and gonna help them now but yeah that that moment was crazy things that uh i just i was blown away by it's a fictional story and the teacher is still having to use her own money to buy supplies and i'm just like I'm like it's too on the it's nose. Too like, on the come nose. On. It's too on the nose. Yeah, they're they're doing all this. They're kind of building towards. They get this idea. They want to do a big Christmas situation, um, and like you know, there's obviously like kind of an attempt to thwart him, and he also gets found out that his original motivation was not pure. But by this point, he is a different person. He's bought yeah. into caring for these kids he's friends with klaus he's got some chemistry going with the teacher and like i could completely understand their reaction of like you because he did he manipulated them and you know started all this for himself and you know 
his dad coming in and, you know, if I was his dad and I didn't know anything and I knew him his whole life, I would not think that there was anything different. I would think he pursued the goal all the way to the end being the same person he was. And so that's not working in his favor either. And, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm honestly, I'm a little bit blanking on how we kind of transition out of that, but I just remember, you know, they're trying to thwart them and it just kind of feels like, well, everything we just did broke a little bit. Um, and it's pretty sad cause there's not a lot of, like, he doesn't really have a lot of weight to stand on because everything that they are worried about with him actually is true, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I was happy to see, you know, I'm, I'll be honest. It was the stereotypical Christmas movie where the the protagonist that we don't really like at the beginning of the movie ends up being a super likable character at the end. But they did it in a way that was it was quick. They didn't dance around it. You know, when he's down at the dock uh, and, you know, the little girl goes running down and we think that he's, you know, he's going to have some kind of revelatory moment on the boat and turn around. And it's like, no, he's already made his decision. He's sitting on the dock mm-hmm. and just saying, let's go, you know, mm-hmm. let, let's go back already. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason for you to be upset. Uh, and for him to then just turn around. And, and I, I laughed at the, you know, trying to save the sleigh, the whole, you know, I thought of the, the Grinch's heart grew three yeah. sizes yeah, that day. Much, like, that's what yeah. I thought of. Mm-hmm. And then, and I will admit they got me with the presence going over the side and I'm just like, oh man, you know, that's all of that for naught. And of course, then we realized that, you know, Klaus and, uh, and the, the teacher, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Alva. I think that's right. All, I think it was all, yeah. Just, you know, had, a, we're one step ahead the whole time. Um, uh, but it was, yeah, it was just such a, it was, the, it was, he made, he had to make a decision and he made that decision. Um, and I think it was it was quick and it was noticeable it was it was a quick moment but it was noticeable uh the look that his father gives him when he's on the boat mm. of just the something's wrong tell me mm-hmm. you know and then we see that cut and it's just right into the, the next part of the narrative but it's that it's that brief moment of all of the work that he's you know done all of the all of the things that he's been pushing to become you know to get back into the family fortune to live that lavish life uh, and his dad, of all people, you know, who really up until this point, we haven't seen much of him mm-hmm. outside of the opening five minutes, uh, really just he he knows he knows his son. He knows that something's wrong mm-hmm. uh, and and says, you know, this isn't for you. Go, you know, go go back to where you where you've you have found a family. You have found a life mm-hmm. here. Yeah, it was cool that he could see that because I feel like there are movies where the he has to bristle against his dad to choose that. And it was cool that the dad was like, I wanted this for you, but I really, I mean, dad was able to have that bigger picture perspective that the townspeople couldn't have originally and say, Hey, just cause it's not my way. Doesn't mean it's not a good way. And to be able to advocate that, for that for him. And that even that, Oh man, you're now you're getting me thinking about all kinds of things is the, the number of expectations that people within this community and with, within this movie have about what their life should be or is going to be. They are met with disappointment, but they're able to then turn around and see the good in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the one uh, I'll, you know, I mean, we see that with the, the feuding families mm-hmm. and what they're, you know, they, they thought it was supposed to be, that was their life. They turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, I will fully admit uh, the one that had me uh, weeping like a tiny baby uh, was the empty family tree in mm-hmm. Klaus's uh, workshop. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then, you know, and, and that was, that was hard. It was hard to see and, and his narrative with his wife, Lydia mm-hmm. and all of that. But then to see just a, a little while later, um, again, taking that and turning it into something good. And now the family tree is populated with people that he has chosen to be his family. Uh, and yes, again, many, many tears shed in that oh my moment. Gosh, yeah. Um, but just, just this beautiful thing of, of even though it didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out, mm-hmm. um, something good is still possible out of all of this. Yeah. No, that's that's another, like, I think, honestly, if there's a theme between these two postures, it's flexibility. Um, and, you know, we can say resiliency, and it is, but I, I think it is both of them are flexible. Um because rigidity says, I know it all. There's nothing new to know. Um, rigidity says, this is what my life should have been. And that's the only way it could have been good. And that is, yeesh. I mean, it's easy to fall yeah. into, but it is not a, uh, sust- I mean, because nothing ever goes according to plan. So it's not like a sustainable way to, um, to, to move forward in anything because you're always going to like crap is going to happen <laughs> and it's not going to go the way that you thought it was going to go or whether that's you or you know like parents for their kids whether that's what the kids yeah. chose or um what they didn't choose but what happened like whatever that is like there's going to be crap's going to happen and you got to be able to say okay but what new good thing not to say that because what i don't want people to hear is not to say that everything happens for a reason and it's trying to teach you something and there's that no 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 no. crap just happens because crap happens in the world um yeah you didn't need that thing to happen for you to learn and grow you could have learned and grown and had a good full life otherwise um but it did happen so now what are we going to do with it yeah I think that's the that's the thing that I'm really taking away from, you know, Klaus mm-hmm. and and his story and with with his wife and you know, we are not in any way diminishing the pain mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. experienced and the heartbreak. Uh, you know, he he wrestled with that from from what we can tell yeah. in the flashbacks. I mean, for for literal years, mm-hmm. perhaps decades. Mm-hmm. And, and so for him to, you know, it, it took that long mm-hmm. um, for him to progress through that, mm-hmm. um, but he had to deal with it. He had to, to wrestle with that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as, as long as there is at some point, you know, a way for you to grow from mm-hmm. that. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was really beautiful and really touching. And and again, I was just, I was blown away <laughs> the, the, in the hour, little over it's hour not and a half movie. movie. Like, but yeah, just, it'll take no, you there. How, how much they put yeah. in. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is, it is a hundred percent. Okay. Not to be okay. And there are days when the right answer is to ignore everyone and just do nothing with yourself or anyone. But there comes a day when you're going to, people are, you're going to think people are going to take more. Uh, If you always choose to stay home and do nothing, you're always going to be in that moment. Like there has to be a moment where you're, you got to like find the momentum in some way um, to say, it probably will make me more tired, but 
logically I know I'm going to act on logic despite feeling like I should physically be in this bed forever. I'm going to say I'm going to choose people even though my brain, my like, my limbic system is telling me they're going to take more from me than they're going to give and that's just going to drain me. And But guess what? You go there and yes, people take from you, but if you've made the correct choice with who you spend that time with, you also get something. And it's a slow process and, you know, you get better at the frequency of making different choices, but there does come a time where you have to, you have to decide to, you know, there's a time, you know, it's like, you know, where they talk about there's a time for sewing a time for, you know, like there's a time for all of that, but the time for any of those things is not forever. So you, and you have to, you really have to let yourself to in, in a situation like his be touched affected engaged with by people because his is so different i would say if i'm talking about a normal person i would say you have to let yourself be helped or supported by people but he's kind of out in the middle of nowhere and he really hasn't had that but the first time seemingly that a person appears and there is evidence of something else going on outside of himself he is he decides to expend a little bit of energy and it starts him on this path of generativity and giving back and he becomes this legend. He makes something good out of that, which these these toys were made as like something to do with his hands to kill time because he was yeah. sad and broken. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I think that's the hard part for most of us is I think a lot more often than not, most of us like longer than probably we actually need to to shift the gear a little bit. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. Uh, you also have yeah. to like while you're in the uh, how do I put this sometimes for myself, like set yourself up well while you're on the peak um, so that you have what you need when you're not because then it's because yeah. otherwise you can have nothing really going on and you can still choose to isolate yourself and then even crap happens you're it and that's really hard to not have anyone else notice hey you've been kind of mia for a long time like you know because you do need a we do need each other and he needed people to yeah. to bump into him kind of literally um and uh you know make him move a little bit and so I think it's it's a tough thing and yeah to your point you know we never want to like obviously diminish what he went through and that's not to say by any means am I saying to anyone get over it Um, but like it's not getting over it it's like it's another step in the same process of continuing to go through it like it's part of the same process it's not saying like you go hang out with friends and now you sh- that's a sign you should be fine now. Like, no, no, not even kind of. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's, I think the people just, again, that flexibility to know that like this worked for a while, but like to know that, all right, I need to pick a different path here. I need to pick a different mode. I need to pick a different, you know, action today. Um, I think flexibility and uh, knowing that, Things need to things inevitably will and need to change is a huge, huge thing to like live well among others and live well for yourself. I think so. Yeah, well put, well put. This movie is 
heavy. It it was surprisingly heavy. Um, and, and not, but not in a oh I can't handle right. this right yep. now. Right. Um, it 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 really was. Uh, although I will say, okay, so full spoiler alert. We already said that there's going to be spoilers in this. But the very last note that I have, mm. again, all capital letters. I am not emotionally prepared for Klaus to die. And that was the, when he walks off into, so the, the whole, the whole concept that we learn out of this is the wind, the swirling snow is his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her presence is still there. And this is 12 years after, you know, this first year, this first Christmas that they're together. And he just looks up and you can tell, you know, he's gotten older and they, they kind of show that time lapse. And the snow starts swirling into the forest and he just says, I'm coming, Lydia. And he walks towards the snow and just disappears. And and it was just this it was this moment of like, you know, I I recognize what they're trying to say is he's no longer there. But yet we still see this, you know, he comes back every year for Christmas and, and this the magic of that and the the hope that's in that. I think that's that's really what I what I took from that, even though it was a really heavy moment, the hope. Uh, and and Jesper looks forward to Christmas Eve every single year because he gets to see his friend again. Uh, and it's just there's so many things in this that for it being a kids movie and a fairly lighthearted movie, there's a lot of funny oh, it's moments. Hilarious, in this movie. like his weird sense of humor and the things he like mutters as he's just doing yep. things are so funny. But- Even the one that got me when he first realizes the the possibility of what he can do with the kids and their letters, he literally becomes a drug. I know. Dealer, I was like, he's letters. like a dude. Like- he's like <laughs> dealing candy out of a minivan, and like he's like, it's, yeah, it's like- so creepy. It's so so creepy. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's it's good. It's very yeah. It's so it's good. very well done. I but man, that got me. The line that always gets me is the like line where he gets to see his friend again and i'm like oh dude don't do that yeah. don't do that i'm yeah. like listen the movie's over like can't we just like let's just just right? let me go man just let me go like let me out like we already had our our sadness like do you have to keep pulling on me like until this is over stop making me cry like it's just it's brutal at the end there but you're right it is that mix of hope that like it's not uh, it's not that he's gone and oh that's terrible it's uh it's a change again and it's just a different type of life it's a different type of connection and um it's it's really cool um i really like this story i like i like that it's funny because i can't watch a movie that's not a little funny um because i'm like yeah life is funny so like why would you not at least have a little bit of like like you know i think i said to brooke um i think brooke actually was the one that said it she said um i feel like if the planet was ending and you like had the pressure of trying to solve all that you'd be making some stress jokes like you would just be cracking jokes to like relieve the pressure and i'm like absolutely yes that is why i uh generally prefer marvel over dc because Life is not all serious all the time. So, you know, our art should not be that way either. So, um, yeah, no, but this movie does a lot of things really well. Um, So, uh, yeah. Oh, I think I know what our line is now. Do do tell. I get to see my friend again. Oh, I mean, I I do. do. I do. I mean, it won't seem as sad when it's put in text next to an episode line. So, you sure, know, but yeah. people who know, know, but like, um, <laughs> but I know I, cause I'm trying, I was trying to think like, there's a lot of odd lines in this movie 
and I can maybe Google some and see if there's one that feels better. But I like that one, so maybe the, I'm just gonna do it. I'm no, in charge. I, I'm gonna like do it. it. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's your <laughs> podcast. Like, you I'm do what like, you want. I do what I want, but. No, uh, thanks, honestly, Mark, so much for having this conversation with me. This was like, and I, I really appreciate it because now I know you had no idea what that movie was. So there was so <laughs> much blind faith in me that just means so much to I, me. I really appreciate that as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, thanks again for joining me. This was super fun. I really appreciated it. Yeah, I had a blast. I uh, I love doing this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I get to see my friend again. Yeah. So there awesome. we go. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope this story helped you maybe feel less alone in the midst of struggle and maybe inspires you if you are in that season to reach out and connect with people around you in some way. Um, Or maybe you're not in that season. Maybe you are, you know, in a peak season and this inspires you to think of ways and you can be a better support to others around you that are in the midst of those seasons and or maybe just think about the ways you might not be setting yourself up for success in a hard season that might be to come or maybe you realize that you've been digging your heels in on what your life was supposed to look like or how things were supposed to go and maybe this inspires you to look instead of at how things should have been and learn to embrace or try to embrace the beauty that is and what can be. So whatever you take away from today, I thank you so much for joining me and I hope to see you next time.